Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70 on Twitter. Sure, why not? Um, and then we've got, of course, David Jones from iPop Editor over at the same site. Cardinals really doing their best to see how good their chances are in the draft next year. This was, David, a terrible weekend for the Cardinals. They win today. They actually pull out one game, but when you're playing a team like the Mets who also were a seller at the deadline, it's a little bit frustrating to just almost be non-competitive pretty much for the most of the series. Well, when you hear people start talking about the Richie Palacios game, you know that something is going on. Cause imagine someone saying that to you about two weeks ago. Uh, most people would say who, uh, and yet here we are with a lineup that looks like it came straight out of Memphis and the Cardinals doing their best to see how many runners they can put on and not score. I think this week they were 0 for 406 with runners in scoring position and the bases loaded. Uh, just some ugly baseball. And you could tell by the fans that were there, um, or not there, I should say. Uh, Sunday afternoon game, Hall of Fame type game, and no one showed up. And you know what? That's about what you would expect about the way this team has played so far. Which is fair, but given the heat that was here, and I'm sure that, you know, like we were talking earlier, 120 degree heat heat index here, not much better in St. Louis. I'm really concerned about the people that did show up and sat, one, to watch this team, two, in heat that would actually cook your brain. Um, You know, I, I, I don't know that I can fault people for staying home for that. That being said, you know, maybe maybe they, maybe they don't mind because the tickets were already sold. But it does probably ring a little bit of a warning bell in the front office to see not only today but also much of this week games being sparsely attended. Oh, absolutely! You know, I, I can think of going to games at this time of year in previous seasons when the Cardinals were in first place or in you know a pennant chase or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the places was still packed. Like you went on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and that place was just filled with people uh, sweating their rear ends off, jugs of water next to them. But they were there. Uh, we were all just going to sweat together and be one happy Cardinal family. And and today people just said, nope. And, you know, I, I don't blame them for it. Yeah. Um, things are expensive these days. If you're going to spend money, you want to actually get your money's worth. So, you know, why spend extra money and go sit out in the heat for three hours when you might see the Cardinal score run or you might not, as we've seen lately. So, yeah, I don't blame the fans and I don't necessarily think this is a boycott per se, but I do think in some ways this is sending a message to the front office saying, nope, we're done. This is not acceptable. We'll be back next year, but we're not coming back this year. I think that's probably fair. And again, you know, how many of these are season ticket holders? How many of these people, I mean, the season ticket holders are the ones that aren't showing up, right? I mean, if they, if somebody buys a ticket for this, for a certain game, they're probably going. Um, but if you're a season ticket holder or, or you're not making that choice to not buy a ticket, you know, but that's sometimes hard to tell. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I, I think that's fair. And I, I hope, I, I think the front office expects that, but hopefully, given the comments that we've heard some this week and some over the last month or so, even well into June, probably um, it's only the very cynical, which granted 
is seems to be a huge part of the Cardinal fan base at times. Um, believes that the Cardinals aren't going to try to do something this offseason. They seem to have recognized the problem. This is not one of these situations where they're like, well, had a little injuries. We had a little bit of bad luck. I mean, they're using some of those excuses too, but they also realize there's more to it than that. So hopefully this is not a long-term problem. Yeah. And I, I've said this before. I am cautiously optimistic about where the Cardinals go into next year. I think one great thing is that they really don't need to upgrade the lineup. It almost Mm -hmm. feels like if they upgrade the lineup, they're already upgrading a luxury item because it's already looking pretty good. So that allows them to zero in on pitching this offseason. But like I said, cautiously optimistic because I do worry that they're going to get to that price point with some players that we hope they sign and they're going to go, oh, we just can't do it. And we may see them get some of those renovation projects, some some of the fixer-uppers. Or you even got guys this year like the Julio Urias and the Aaron Nolas um, who their numbers just aren't that good. Guys who are having down years who aren't showing their career numbers. And so, you know, you get a guy like that and Cardinal fans may be happy, may be excited, but at the same time, you're also a little scared because you wonder, okay, yes, the team did go out and sign people, but did we just pick up Brett Cecil? Did we just get Mike Leak? Uh, Did we just spend a whole lot of money on Dexter Fowler and the payoff's not going to be there? And so there's a lot of risk going into this offseason on what's going to happen. I'm optimistic. I, I think that when we get into spring training, the moves they make are going to look really good on paper. I'm just not sure how they're going to play out yet. Well, hopefully in spring training, they look terrible. Um, <laughs> because we saw how well a good spring training was an omen this year. So, yeah, I agree. I, it, I do think it would not be a surprise to see at least one, I don't want to say reclamation project, but at least a veteran that maybe they hope to have a little bit of bounce back for the back of the rotation. I do hope, you know, that they're looking at this and saying, look, Miles Michaelis needs to be our, like our number three guy. You know, we need to really upgrade because if you're throwing a whole bunch of jobbers in there, I don't know that you're, I mean, are you getting more better innings? Probably, but are you really going to be improving yourself? You know, I don't think so. I think that, I think the Colonels went into this year saying the offense is going to carry this team and the bullet, the pitching will be good enough. And I think we've seen how that worked. So hopefully they don't want to try to do that again with different faces. Yeah, that's very true. You know, if, if we go into the season and Miles Michaelis is the one or the two, there's going to be some major issues again. I just don't think that this team's going to win like that. Now, maybe he's the two and you've got a 2A, 2B, 2C or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. you can make it work. But yeah, they've got some they've got some work to do both in the rotation and the bullpen Uh, bullpen is going to be very interesting. Cause if you look, the Cardinals have like five left-handers right now who are either starting or in the bullpen, or you got a guy like Packy Naughton on the 60 day day IL who could all fight for spots in the bullpen next year. So I think on the left-handed side, they're pretty good, uh, but they're going to need some right-handed arms to kind of come in there and help as well. And uh, you mentioned kind of getting that veteran pitcher to come in, uh, as a starter, I think they probably need that veteran pitcher down there for the bullpen as well, just for some leadership, kind of what Andrew Miller was doing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I wish I could see forward to the future. I wish I could be a fly on the wall in Mo's office to hear the guys they're talking about and the guys they're considering and to also give my input, which I know they would not care about. Um, 
but it's going to be a very interesting off season and next several months as the team winds down as they evaluate guys you know you wonder is dakota hudson really in consideration for the fifth spot um is drew rom in consideration for the fifth spot mcgreevy graceffo who knows uh, there's so many question marks going in so many players and that's the thing there's so many players that could possibly fill these roles and yet you don't have those one or two players just standing out uh, who look like just you know the the cream of the crop rising to the top here? Um, you just got a lot of guys that are just so so, and it's eh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's the interesting thing about what John Mozeliak said this week about them being in the market for three starters, right? Because we've all you know we know Miles Michaelis has got a spot, and the way Stephen Match was pitching before he went on the injured list felt like he had a spot. I kind of still expected, you know, okay, they'll go out and get two guys and they'll let that fifth starter spot be Matthew Liebertor, Zach Thompson, Drew Rom, uh, Kloffenstein, somebody of that name, you know, it may be just a rotation. Um, but it really sounds like they're going to lean into this. We need depth thing and get a whole bunch of, of arms. And then those kind of guys are going to be, you know, sitting in Memphis waiting for somebody to get hurt or being ineffective, which, you know, it's pitching. That's both of those things are very possible to happen. Um, but I, I'm very interested. I think it's very interesting that, that they're one talking about being aggressive and two that they are kind of putting out there, Hey, we're going after this much because that sets a standard, right? I mean, if they don't do that, if they don't go out and get three guys, I don't think the, well, we tried, but we just couldn't make it work. Excuse works as well as if you had said, well, we're going to try to upgrade the team. And then you get one and you say, well, that's about all we could do. Well, it's a lot of the same vein as telling the fans that you're going to upgrade your payroll and increase your payroll. Right. And then you go out and get Contreras and that's about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So you hope that you can trust the front office with what they say. Uh, when I hear they need to go after three starters, there's part of me that says, Hey, this is great. It sounds like they're going to be aggressive. There's another part of me that says, Oh no, if they're already talking three starters, I think we're looking at, uh, quantity over quality. You know, if they're only going after Mm -hmm. two starters, you feel like they can spend a little bit more money for who they're getting. You know, maybe you can go out and get a Snell. Maybe you can go out and get a Giolito or somebody like that. Uh, if you start talking about, we need three starters, are you talking about, you know, the Clevengers that are out there. Are you talking about, you know, is the, is the top of your list, is it somebody like Sonny Gray as a one instead of him being, you know, a potential three for your rotation? So that's where I get a little bit uneasy with them just saying that. Now, for all we know, maybe they already have a trade that's kind of been pieced together for the offseason with the Mariners and there's somebody coming back. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, you just hope that, when they say three, they mean they're going after two really, really good starters and then another quality starter. I just worry that we may get three threes in the off season and, uh, or you get somebody coming back from an injury, you know, somebody like a Tyler Molly, who's been, who just had Tommy John surgery, who won't be ready yet. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, like I said, cautiously, cautiously optimistic, but I'm going to need to see things play out before I actually have a feeling on whether this is a success or not. And that's, I mean, that's fair. I do think it helps that, you know, they're not saying we're going to get three 
in this free agent market, right? They, they right. are talking yes. about trade. And if, if you can get a number one or a number two, and maybe it's not that guy, but he's close in a young starter that maybe doesn't cost you a lot in money, but it costs you in talent, you know, then maybe you still have the money to go out and get a top notch starter. And then maybe a, yeah, a Sunday gray, somebody like that, or maybe even less for the back end of the rotation you know, somebody that can eat innings and you can be reliable. Somebody like, although I know he's under contract, but somebody like Jose Quintana was uh, for the Cardinals. So um, I think, and it's very interesting. I think that they're saying they're aggressive. I kind of feel like and you look at, you know, right now the 40 man roster has some room on it, but there's going to be some guys put on it and, and, and things like that in this offseason. I have a, my personal feeling is they will make a trade for the pitcher before the deadline to put, you know, before the rule five draft where they have to start adding people to the 40 man roster, um, which is fairly early, right? I mean, that that's, you know, they have the rule five, I think it, at the winter meetings and that the, they have to be put on there a little bit before that. So we're talking about, you know, a, a trade for a pitcher, before Thanksgiving, which would be very aggressive for John Mozilla. Yeah, and I'm looking right now. I'm not sure when the uh, Rule 5 is for this coming year, but I believe it was December 7th. Um, Sounds about right. This, this past year. So, yeah, that would be that would be great to see. I, I want to see them be aggressive and not just see what falls in their lap. Like, go hard after something. Um, what's going to happen, I think, and I could be wrong, but I, I think – we're going to see these trades. If, if they actually pull a guy like a number two, let's say like a number two pitcher out in the trade, I think it's going to make fans really uncomfortable with what they do. And I think that's what fans need to get ready for because it still amazes me on the radio when people talk about wanting to trade for a number one or a number two, and then the names come up like Nolan Gorman. They're like, well, you can't do that. You can't trade him. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Jordan Walker and Mason Winter off the table, clearly. And then, well, Brendan Donovan. Oh, no, you can't trade Donovan. Well, Listen, you're not trading Tyler O'Neill and I don't know. I'm trying to think of another player just to throw in, you know, Palacios or something like that. Yeah. You're not trading those guys and getting a star back. It's just not happening. I mean, this isn't the days of where the Cardinals got Mark McGuire or Matt Holiday or Scott Rowland and trades like that. It's just not happening. So if they're gonna have to if they're gonna get one of these guys, they're gonna have to trade a star or a on the rise star. Um, you know, I don't think even a Tommy Edmond plus others is going to get there. You're going to have to trade a Gorman, a Donovan, a Newbar, uh, something along those lines. And the Cardinals probably don't have those players in the minors right now. Uh, now, Thomas Sejaci, that's another story. <laughs> um, he's one that I'd almost say, no, you have to pry him for my cold, dead hands. Uh, but yeah, do you, do you see a scenario where the Cardinals could possibly pick up a guy, that, a solid guy for the rotation without having to give up something that hurts? No, not, not, I mean, can you get somebody at the top of the rotation for that? No, I mean, because the Cardinals aren't going to be trading for a guy that is in the last year of his contract or something like that, right? I don't feel like. Now, if you're getting somebody, I mean, if you talk to, Texas about Max Scherzer, which you could argue if Max Scherzer is at the top of that rotation or not, but, and you're willing to take on the money, then yeah, sure. You can get him probably for, you know, one little prospect or something like that. Cause Texas may have pushed in for this year. I don't know if that they necessarily would like him for next year, but if you're talking about a guy like a Logan Gilbert or something of that nature, a young guy with two or three years of control, that's going to be 
right at the the top one, two, three of your rotation, then no, you gonna they're gonna be somebody that you don't want to go out, go out. Now, you know, can they do it without trading Nolan Gorman? Yes. Can they do it without trading Brendan Donovan? Yes. Can they do it without, you know, but can they do it without trading both? That's very much like questionable. Um, and, and I mean, there's, we always wish that a trade could be made for spare parts. And sometimes it happens. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, but those were rare situations that, you know, and they're not pitchers. Um, I don't, I don't see there's any way that they can get away without, you know, somebody going out. And I do think that there are people that they're going to prioritize not sending out and that may limit what they do, but there's going to be somebody on this roster that's been very productive in 2023 that will not be here in 2024. Absolutely. And, you know, with the promotion of Mason Wynn, especially thinking about him being most likely the starting shortstop next year, it really is starting to push people out because if you put, you say you've got win at shortstop and I think everybody's in pretty much a universal agreement. Yes. He's going to be your long-term starting, starting shortstop. That means at second base, you've got a combo of possibly Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman, who can all play there. Um, so, you know, musical chairs, somebody has got to go. Now you can use the DH. Sure. And maybe Tommy Edmond is actually the starting center fielder next year. But if you move Tommy Edmond to center field, well, then suddenly you've got Edmond for sure. You've probably got Newt for sure. You got Walker. Well, now you've got Carlson. You've got O'Neill. You've got Burleson that all are missing a spot at that mm-hmm. point. So, yeah, there's going to be – this year we saw that log jam. We saw that there were too many guys that they had that needed to play every day that couldn't started shifting guys out of position. Guys weren't getting to play as much as they probably should have been playing. And it created problems having that depth. I think next year we see them start to trim the fat a little bit. And that's another way where, you know, you know, I don't want to see Nolan Gorman leave. I really don't probably, you know, outside of the untouchable guys, he's probably the guy I'd love to see leave the least. I don't want to see him go, but if the Cardinals would somehow lose Gorman makes me sick to say that, but Gorman or Donovan or Edmund or Burleson or O'Neill or Carlson, um, maybe even Newt, this team will still be okay, I believe, from an offensive standpoint, especially if the pitching is that much better because of it. Now, you know, I don't want to see Gorman go. I don't want to see Newt go. But if one of these guys does have to go and the Cardinals can bring back a pitcher who is a potential all-star, potential number two in the rotation, the lineup is still going to be okay. It's the rotation that's going to get the huge boost and where it's going to be felt the most, and that's where the wins are going to come from. You're also looking, I mean, to add to that whole mix, though, you've also got the uh, catcher situation, right? I mean, Yvonne Herrera has done it's, – it's very difficult to imagine Yvonne Herrera staying in Memphis next year. Um, but Andrew Kisner has done plenty, I think. Uh, we've really seen him kind of blossom this year. Um, and then you've got Wilson Contreras, who, again, when you're talking about DH, will we'll play some at DH, too. Um, but you're not going to carry the three catchers. So, you know, somebody probably goes out there that, that may hurt a little bit. I know a lot of people will say, well, if you trade Kisner, it's no big deal. And okay, maybe. Although I think we've seen how valuable he can be to this team in his role. Um, but obviously, he's also only going to be part of a deal. You're not trading, he's not headlining anything. Uh, whereas Yvonne Herrera, perhaps does right i mean because he's a you know a catcher with with talent and 
plenty of control, he could be a very valuable part if you're trading. But, you know, somebody's favorite player is getting moved this week, this offseason. I mean, that's just, <laughs> just all there is to it because, um, of course, I guess everybody's somebody's favorite player, right? So, um, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult, um, winner because I think you're right. It's going to be, Hey, we got this guy. Great. Oh, we lost that guy, you know? Um, and there may be arguments from now till forever. I mean, you know, we're still arguing the, you know, Libertor uh, Rosarena deal. Right. Um, so we may be talking about whatever this movie is for, for many a year. Um, and hopefully it's in a, at least, at least balanced out, right. That it's a, a deal that worked for both sides. You know, if it just works for the Cardinals, that's great too. But um, I think that's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And it's going to be more interesting than talking about what the Cardinals are doing on the field. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so it sounds to me like you're saying that um, there will probably be some discounted jerseys on fanatics at some point in the off season. Yeah, but they're still going to be too expensive. Yeah, um, that's true. If you don't mind you know, paying $8 for shipping and the handling, the fee, the maintenance right. fee and everything in between. It's ridiculous. And then I, I one time I did, I, I, this was a side note enough, but I'm <laughs> going to tell it anyway, because you talked about fanatics. I ordered last year or two years ago, an art auto shirt from fanatics. Okay. I ordered it double extra large, whatever it came. It looked like a women's shirt. It was definitely a size or so too small. And then I look and I'm like, you have to pay $8 to ship it back before you actually get your money. And I'm like, this is just not worth it. You know what I mean? You don't get your shipping refunded on the front end and you pay another eight to send it back. Then it's like, I'm already paying 16 bucks. I guess I'm keeping the shirt. So um, anyway, I've not been real <laughs> enthused with it. It's very interesting to see. Well, I haven't really gone on a tangent here, but it's very interesting to see I'm how not a sponsor. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not now um but you know it's very kind of interesting to see how that 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 company that was kind of i've never really really heard of in about four or five years ago i don't feel like it's now like everywhere right i mean it owns everything it owns tops baseball i mean who would have thought that yeah i've got my own horror stories from them like trying to <laughs> buy my aunt a sweatshirt over mm-hmm. christmas for christmas and um them letting me know two weeks after ordering on three different occasions oh it's already sold out so uh not a fan but yeah going back to the uh the discussion about the catchers even you know this sounds weird to say and i would have never thought i'd say i would have said this two years ago but i i think that herrera may be the guy that you put on the block um i think kisner is so valuable to this team and and the other i mean we know Contreras isn't going anywhere so that's that's in stone but i think kisner is so valuable to this team i think he's the most improved player on the team this year and then when you hear about the work he puts in the prep he puts in um i think he's a model teammate for other people i think he's a model teammate and a model catcher for other catchers and i think he's going to continue to put up numbers somewhat like this going forward um i know he's not young uh but this is a guy that the cardinals drafted because of his bat uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is a guy that kind of moved positions at one point in college because of Trey Turner coming over. Um, but Kisner was kind of thought to be on his level at some, some point. Uh, but you know, well, I, this year. yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, time to give him a standing O. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I would actually be shopping Herrera at the end of this season. I think he's going to be a great catcher, but I think the Cardinals have kind of tied their hands with the Contreras contract. And so mm-hmm. if you have to go with two and you know, one's a Contreras, then 
I think Kisner's the other guy that you have to keep for his veteran leadership and presence, especially when you start hearing things about lack of leadership in the Cardinals clubhouse this season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, if the Cardinals truly are going to be aggressive this offseason and change the rotation, it's there's going to be some trades we see they're going to feel like a kick in the gut. Um, there's going to be some tears and it's going to be some rough moments, but hopefully we look at the roster and go, this team is so much better today because of that, even mm-hmm. though, you know, for nostalgia and for sentimental reasons, I hate seeing this person go. Yeah. So there, there were good things that happened this week. Not a lot of them, but there were some, including, as you referenced a minute ago, the promotion of Mason Wynn, um, which came basically on the last day possible that it would allow him to uh, be a uh, rookie of the year candidate next year. They've, they've worked their calendar and he'll take a few days off here and there to make sure he doesn't hit 130 at bats. Um, but kids up kid is uh, already. I mean, if you want to be a fan favorite, you know, pick your number because it's the closest thing you can get to Ozzy Smith. I mean, that's, that helps. Um, he's shown already that I don't, doesn't look like he's overmatched. I mean, he's not like say, to set the world on fire, but it's only been three, three games, four games now. Um, what are you seeing out of, out of him now that he's made to the major leagues? I thought you were going to say fan favorite because he made us hate Pete Alonzo even more. Um, <laughs> oh, well, we could do that on our own. So feel like a piece of crap. Um, mm-hmm. Shut up, Pete. You knew what you were doing. Anyway, uh, you know, I almost forgot what we were talking about for a second. <laughs> um, he, he may put me in the hospital for that. You're right. You know, he's a big strong guy. <laughs> uh, the memes, the memes, the memes. Uh, but yeah, when I, I think we're seeing with when, if, you, if you've watched him in Memphis, you're seeing right now what you saw in Memphis. Um, the guy mm. can fly. The guy plays incredible defense, very aggressive defense. He's got an arm. You know, he brings a lot of excitement to this team. It's a shame that he's bringing excitement to an empty ballpark and a team that's 45 games under 500 or whatever it is now. Um, Because I think he would actually be a huge help for an appendant race at this point. But we're seeing the future, and it definitely looks bright because this guy is just so much fun. Um, he's going to be fun to watch at shortstop. He's going to make some of those plays that make some of us remember Ozzy. He's going to run the bases hard. He's going to be a guy that I think is going to have a plus hit tool. He's He may hit 15 to 20 home runs in a season. He's going to steal bases. Um, he's He's got some flair to his game, which is a lot of fun. And so I, I think he's just going to be a guy that probably livens up a club clubhouse in the years to come. And yeah, he, he is the future for the Cardinals. And so him, Jordan Walker together, some of the other guys, um, that that's what makes me hopeful about this lineup for years to come. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's besides the, besides the talent that they already have and the, the people that are, you know, like Goldschmidt and Arnado and others that are, are there for a bit of time to get this new wave of people with Walker, with Wynn, maybe in a year or so, Victor Scott too. Um, you know, Tink Hens will be up in a couple of years as well on the pitching side of things. You know, there is going to be some higher end talent. And then, you know, Chase Davis this year, we will see how he develops. Whoever they pick next year should be a probably a fast riser if we're looking at what other teams are doing, uh, like the Angels and the Padres and, and others that are promoting their draft picks very, very quickly. Um so yeah, there's a, there's, you know, there's, that's just why we keep saying this is a bad year, but it's not 
you know, a symptom of what's coming to this is kind of like a hundred year flood. You know, it's not going to happen very long. It's not going to happen very often. They'll be competitive next year. Will they win the division? Who knows? It depends on those pitchers we've talked about. But when you get guys into this organization, you bring that young blood in to play with the guys that are already really good. Um, it's it's encouraging. And it should be a lot of fun to watch, too. Because uh, he's got new guys come up with a little bit of, like you said, personality and, and flair. And uh, I, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Um, and you know, in a sense, it almost feels like the remaining games kind of feel like an exhibition for guys to kind of just show off what they have. Uh, that's why we get to see win right now. Uh, that's why we're going to get to see Drew Rom pitch for the Cardinals. Um, so yeah, they're getting a chance and I think they're getting a chance to play where the pressure is not where it would be. Were this a typical August in St. Louis? Now you hope next year things are very, very different mm-hmm. and you hope that they are playing in front of. 45,000 people every game and, and people are screaming their heads off because it's an intense rivalry that's going on and some games that actually mean something. Uh, but right now this is giving them guys like Wynn and Rom and, and whoever else they may call up at some point, I guess, you know, Luke and Baker at this point, it's giving them a chance to experience the big leagues and to get acclimated to what's going on. And so I, I'm optimistic, you know, I mentioned Sejaci earlier. I mean, this dude looks like, you know, I don't know, Mickey Mantle out there possibly at this point, the way he's hitting the ball, uh, just incredible. You know, guys like Preto that came up or who came over in the trade. Um, we've there's They've got some guys in the system who are on their way up, which could also make trades feel a little bit easier because these guys may be on their way up. But um, yeah, there's not much to cheer about right now, but at least there is that element of win and, and some of these new guys that we can watch and have fun with and, um, at least it gives us a reason to tune into some games. Yeah. Were you a little surprised that they went in ahead and picked Rom to make this apparently looks like a spot start. looks like, you know, Libertor's back is bothering him because apparently best friends have to share each other's pain. Um, <laughs> and so Libertor gets pushed back a couple of days and they need a spot starter. Now we'd seen Casey Lawrence pitch, what one one day not too long that's not i don't know when he pitched last but it felt like it'd been long enough ago that he could probably make a start if he needed to uh were you a little surprised that they went ahead and dipped down to rom who has had two really good starts at memphis but also it's just two starts a little bit um now i you know rom's last two starts for memphis his only two starts have been amazing and mm-hmm. i got pretty excited about that but i think if I remember right, you told me that the first start was against a team that he had actually dominated against previously, yep. and the second start was against his previous team. Mm-hmm. So kind of to temper my expectations. So yeah, on that note, maybe once once you told me that, and then I heard that he had been called up, I thought, well, okay. I mean, we'll get to see what he has. Now him being on the 40 man already made that decision a whole lot easier for the team. So they may feel like they're not really losing much by taking a chance here. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to watch him pitch. You, you know, the guy throws 91, 92, um, can get a look, maybe up to 93, which in the big leagues, sometimes that can get crushed. Even in the minor leagues that can get crushed, but somehow he seems to have some deception to him. Um, now I, th- I believe it was unusual when we were talking with, uh, Jason as well, that fan graphs had Rom's fastball listed as a 30 on a 20 to 80 scale. Uh, I, I got to think that's a mistake. You you can't yeah. throw 93 and be a 30. So I think that's a mistake. So maybe this guy is better than actually some lists have given him credit for. So, you know, Hey, 
Cardinals bring in a soft tossing lefty. It, it feels like they finally are using the ammo that's already that's always hurt them in the past. So, <laughs> you know, if he becomes the next Ted Lilly, so be it. Bring it on. That's right. That's, uh, unfortunately, he won't get to face the Cardinals. So it may be a problem <laughs> for him in that regard. Um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see for sure. And like you said, you know, it's it's a it's not going to hurt anything except if you actually are trying to, you know, pass Pittsburgh, you know, this battle here that the Cardinals are now half game behind Pittsburgh for fourth place. Uh, but these three games, I mean, these could be key, key games in this, uh, you know, rivalry. Um, I can't do it. Sorry. Um, but you know, it gets a chance to see what he can do and, you know, it's, it's Pittsburgh. It's not that far off from the triple A hitters he's been beating up on. So, um, we'll try it there and see. I, I don't, I don't expect him. I mean, I expect him to get called up and then sit back down. Although, you know, I start looking and trying to figure out, you know, what's this roster? What are the roster moves? You know, because you send somebody down, they can't come back up for 10 or 15 games. Um, so there's not a whole lot of necessarily options on the, the 40 man. You know, they've sent down James Nail, who got beat up. Uh, he's not ready to come back. I guess Kyle Leahy could come back or and be a bullpen piece. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll juggle stuff around. But it's always the transaction side of things is always kind of kind of interesting to see uh, who, who goes, who stays. Um, but I'm I'm interested. I mean, you know, again, that's all you can do right now, right? Is you know, find something that stokes your interest in the game um, because otherwise, it's just a long long slog the next five weeks. Yeah. I wonder if this is what people experience who uh, don't like sports, but love betting on sports. Like you just, (laughs) you just find the, the craziest thing like, Oh, I, you know, I'm going to put down this much money that Nolan Arenado has a hit today. I, you know, I'm not a better, I never will be Uh, way too risky, but yeah, maybe that's what that this life is like that you can find the most boring game, but actually find some reason to be interested in it, even though it's completely meaningless. I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm not used to this as a Cardinal fan, and I never want to experience this again. No, I, I really, I mean, it, it is, is some of this stuff like the trade deadline, like getting a chance to test these guys out. It's like interesting as a novelty, but as a novelty, not not something you want to do every year, um, not even something you want to do every ten years. So hopefully, and again, they should be. They should be much better next year with i mean to some degree i hate to say it but even if they did nothing you know you'd almost expect them to be better next year right i mean you I, again it, it, not great don't give them better. ideas I <laughs> i'm not saying they'd be a 500 team which is still not acceptable but you know you probably don't have a starting pitcher with a nine era next year um like adam winter has, has put up um, you got to figure that eventually at some point they might get a hit with the bases loaded. Um, so that's probably sometime we can look for that next year. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a team that's going to lose hopefully not a hundred games, but pretty close to it. You know, if they did nothing to this team next year, they might lose 85. It wouldn't <laughs> be much better, but I still think that, just law of averages would make it a little bit better next year. Um, but I don't think they're going to let it just let it ride either. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, let's hope that 
doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. This year's been a little bit of a fluky year, but let's make sure that this fluke doesn't have a chance of happening anytime soon ever again. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back at you next week with something. Um, unfortunately, you know, Mason Wynn's already been called up. I guess we can maybe talk about what Drew Rob did maybe next week, but um, you know, we, now they've brought Wynn up. There's not like a countdown for anybody else, um, but uh, we'll, we'll find something to talk about. But until then, for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. See ya. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.